Hi, welcome to Moments with Marilyn. I'm your host, Marilyn Boyer, the mom of 14 homeschool kids. It's my privilege and my passion to share with young moms tips and tools to make your journey easier. Last two weeks, we were talking about a book by Mark Shaw called Addiction Proof Parenting. And I'm going to continue in that. I'm picking out things that have resonated in my journey of teaching my kids at home and parenting my kids. Actually, it's not just for homeschooling, it's parenting. So today we're going to talk about parenting pitfalls to beware of. As we've said before, it all boils down to the heart. We've got to teach our kids to deal with what's going on in their heart. So Mark Shaw, in his book, he tells of fostering the right mindset in your children. He's studied kids that were addicts. He's worked with kids that were addicts. And he defines an addict as being addicted to pleasing self in some form. Doesn't necessarily mean they're a drunkard or on drugs, but they're pleasing themselves. They're addicted to pleasing themselves. And he's drawn some conclusions from dealing with a lot of kids that struggle with this. Transformation, as we've said before, begins in the mind, and it begins with Christ and his word. The only thing that changes behavior is God's word. So he goes through some things that you should not do. He's making a point. And you may see that you're doing some of these things without even realizing it. And it's never too late to make changes. I don't like focusing on negative personally, but realize that he's pointing out some dangerous mindsets that we as parents can sometimes take on without even realizing it. Sometimes we parent the way that we were parented or we just parent from what we hear out there in the world without thinking about what it's communicating to our kids. And probably all of us do some of these things at some point, but we just don't want it to become a pattern. So these are some cautions to avoid. So he says, do not spend more time on your phone than interacting with your child about meaningful topics. And wow, you know, this is such a challenge in these days. I am grateful that we didn't have cell phones for most of the time I was raising my kids or the internet because it's so much more challenging now than it was back then. But you know, time is fleeting. It's always been fleeting. And what does it say to a child when you leap to answer a text on your phone or a call, but you can make them wait long periods of time before giving them your attention? You know, you're working on your phone, you're texting somebody, and they're just standing there waiting for you to give them attention. What is that saying to their heart? Number two, these, these are do nots, remember. Do not spend more time doing anything for temporal gain than talking to, teaching, and listening to your child about meaningful spiritual things. As I've said before, kids were not given to us for our convenience. Sometimes we have to be involved in temporal pursuits, of course, but we need to intentionally make provision to keep our commitments to our kids. And it's just so easy to, to back burner our kids. We don't want to put our kids on the back burner. Number three, he says, never hug your child. Some, of course, are more snuggly than others, but, and, and those ones especially need hugs and cuddles. But all of our kids need our affection in some form, and we need to make sure that we do that. 
You know, we just assume that our kids know that we love them, but we need to tell them that we love them. We need to show them that we love them in ways that mean is meaningful to them, whether it's spending time with them, whether it's reading to them about something that we might not even be interested in at all. But, I mean, that's even more meaningful to them. If they know that they're interested in something that we're not, but we're taking time to read to them about that, that speaks volumes to them. Four, he says, never reassure your child of your unconditional love, even when they blow it. <laughs> um, you know, you're dis you can be disappointed in a bad choice that they made, but we never want to communicate that we're disappointed in them as a person. It's so different. Number five, remember these are the do nots. Do not encourage your child to earn your love by doing tasks for you. And this is a temptation. You know, sometimes if you've got a child who's very efficient or they're a handyman, they're fixing things for you, they're helping you clean up around the house, they're just a natural, they do it to help you. It's a temptation for them to kind of become a favorite because you depend on them so much. But we want to not communicate our love because they're doing tasks for us. It's good that they're doing tasks for us. But if we've got another child who that's not their bent at all, it's a temptation maybe to put some extra affection on that one that's helping us so much. Number six, do not be a fake. Do not tell your child one thing and do another. You know, kids are so quick to pick up on hypocrisy. They just can sense our hearts better than we think, you know, we might think we're pulling a fast one on them, but they sense our hearts. They sense whether they're important to us or not, or whether we're fake. You know, if we tell them, if we expect more out of our kids than we do out of ourselves, we're being a hypocrite. You know, we don't want to do that. Number seven, he says, lie to your children often. You know, that one's part of the reason that we chose not to participate in Santa, the Easter Bunny, the Tooth Fairy, and I'm not saying it's wrong if you choose to do that, but we would tell our kids it's a game some people play. We don't want to mess up their game, but we want to be sure that we communicate to the truth to you. And you know, so many of the stories in the Bible, like Jonah and the whale, Daniel and the lion's den, they can seem so unbelievable unless you teach your kids that everything that's in God's word is true. So we didn't want to confuse our kids by bringing in some of the stories that the world tells as true and having our kids be confused. Well, they're telling me about this man dropping down the chimney, so and I know that can't happen, so maybe Jonah and the whale didn't happen too. Um, number eight, do not use loud, loud, angry tone of voice to get your child to obey. Kids can be trained not to obey until you raise your voice and, or until you yell the fourth time or whatever. They know instinctively how far they can push your limits. We need to be consistent, but we need to not raise our voice. We need to give them an, an instruction and a command and expect first-time obedience. Expect them to obey without getting angry at them. Number nine, he says, do not... Use the rod and reproof with your child, but yell at him or her. You know, I still cringe when I hear parents yell at their kids. A spanking is so much better. You get it over with, you cry, you hug your kids, and it's forgotten. 
you know, that's God's way. We can, the world will tell us that they've got so many philosophies, but we need to not buy into the world's philosophy, but to do what God says. God talks, which we talked in the last session about the rod and reproof, where you don't do the rod without giving reproof, and you don't give reproof without using the rod. God's way works, and if you do it God's way, you're going to get God's results. If you try to fudge on that and bring in philosophy from the world, you're not going to get good results. Number 10, he says, do not demonstrate your, or he says, demonstrate your anger with a loud tone of voice. And what, what I would say, if I were tempted to be angry at my kids, I would say, guys, I'm going to go to my room and I'm going to deal with my anger issue before God. And then I'm going to come back and deal with you about this. Tell your kids that you're dealing with God to get your anger under control. And you'll deal with the situation when you come out. But never correct your kids in anger. Number 11, he says, do not reinforce the notion that your child can only trust in himself and not in God or others. Follow your feelings. Believe in your heart. Instead, Jeremiah tells us that our heart is deceitful and desperately wicked, and the only truth that we can depend on is found in God's word. And that's what we need to point our kids to. Don't buy into the line of what the world's telling us. Believe in your heart. Believe in yourself. Follow your feelings. That leads you down the wrong path. Number 12, another thing you don't want to do is model a trust in yourself. Your child needs to trust you now, more than God. He needs to learn to obey you, yes, but he needs to know that when he obeys you, he's ultimately learning to obey God. It's preparation for life to have a heart of obedience. So we do not want to model a trust in ourselves. Instead, we want to model the trust in the Lord. 13, he says, never talk about God with your child. Leave that to youth pastors. You don't want to look like a hypocrite. Instead, we need to constantly talk about God. Use every opportunity that comes up to direct your child's attention to God in his word. That is so false. You know, we're not going to do things right. We're not perfect parents, and our kids understand that. They're not perfect. We're not perfect. We're all going to make mistakes. We're going to have conflicts. But your kids are so good at sensing your heart. When you blow it, just ask forgiveness and move on. 14, another do not is do not pray before meals to thank God for his provision. After all, it's you who provided the food. That's a wrong line of thinking. You are only able to provide food because it's God who enables you. God gives you strength. He gives dad a job. He gives you your health. All provision comes from God. And we need to communicate that to our kids. It's not... I worked so hard to provide this food for you, or Daddy worked so hard to provide this food for you. It's God enabled Daddy to be able to go out and hold down a job and work, but it's God who provided this food for you. All provision comes from God, and we need to teach our kids as seeing all good things as coming from the hand of God. 15, he says, do not force your child to read the Bible, especially if they find it boring or difficult to understand. Instead, we must develop a pattern of godly disciplines in our children. We need to schedule time for them to spend time in the Word. 
Bible CDs, as I've said in previous podcasts, were a wonderful thing that we kind of stumbled on. We recorded scripture for our kids and would put them in at, would play them at bedtime and at nap time, and our kids learned so much scripture. And the ones that my husband has done that we offer on our website, he teaches your kids how to meditate. He comments on the scripture. So as your kids are laying there at bedtime and nap time, they're learning how to meditate on the word. That's what we need to do. The word needs to be a part of our thinking. It needs to be a part of our structure, our makeup. We need to use every opportunity we can to get the word into our kids. Hey guys, if you have ever wanted to share a message with others and thought about doing a podcast, I wanted to just recommend Buzzsprout to you. That's who we use, and Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. It's super easy. Um, Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcasts like Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, within minutes of finishing your recording. It's worked great for us. 16, he says, do not force your child to do anything he deems unpleasant, washing the dishes, taking out the garbage, etc. And that is so wrong. Life is full of responsibilities. Kids need to do it. They don't have to like it, but they have to do it. We would tell that to our kids so many times. You don't have to like it. You just have to do it. Kids need responsibility from the time that they can toddle around. They need a chore, a job. They need to live a life of responsibility. And when they are given responsibility from a young age, when they become adults and they have real life responsibilities and the care for a family, they'll just step right into it. It won't be a big deal. They've been doing it their whole life. You know, our job is to train our kids to be responsible adults. And that starts when they're children. Yes, they need plenty of playtime. I am really strong on giving your kids a lot of playtime. But they do need responsibilities. They need the structure. They need chores. They need to learn a work ethic. Number 17, be a reactive parent rather than a proactive parent, responding only to problems rather than teaching the child what to do. And I am going to give an example of how we stumbled upon this. There was a day when I had seven kids and I'd been in the store that day, and it just seemed like the kids were getting into everything. Rick came home, he asked how my day was. I said, terrible. It's not that they were really bad. They were, um, I was tripping on them with their grocery cart. They were asking for things. They were touching things. And Rick said, you know what? Let's just go back to the store tonight. You pick up a few things, and I'm gonna give a few simple rules for the kids to obey when you're in the grocery store. For instance, one of them was, if you want mommy to buy something from the grocery store, you ask before you leave home. Because there's so many tempting things they put down at a child's level. So that was one of the rules. Another rule was you don't touch anything on the shelves. You walk behind mommy when she pushes the grocery cart. There's just a few simple things. But you know, the very next time I took the kids to the store by myself, I reminded them of the rules before we left. And I had people saying, how do you get that many kids to be so obedient? We always told our kids, you are an example for Jesus, either positive or negative, because there were so many of them, people were going to look at them. Um, but it, it just, it kind of broke my heart because I realized we had been parenting by saying, 
don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that either. Hey, don't do that. Instead of telling our kids what we did expect of them. And it totally changed the way we parented. Whenever we would go in any situation, if we were going to church, to the doctor's office, to a friend's house, to the store, we would prepare our kids in advance and tell them how we expected them to act. For instance, if we're going to the restaurant, what do you say when the waitress gives you a glass of water? And the kids would practice on the way in the car. Thank you. You know, we would kind of drill them. We would prepare them and train them as to how we expected them to act in different situations. When somebody at church says hello to you, what do you do? You say hello back. You shake their hand. You know, we expect our kids just to know how to act, but they don't. That's why we're parents. That's part of our job is to train our kids how to act in different situations. And we found this so amazing. You know, we started preparing them for different situations. And it just kind of broke my heart because before we'd just been parenting by reaction instead of training our kids. And it made such a difference. We trained them how to act during church. We played church before we actually went to church so that when we got there, our kids knew how to act in church. It just, it made all the difference in the world. I think we're going to stop there and we're going to talk about some mindsets that Mark Shaw talks about in our next session. So we're going to continue on this. I hope you found this helpful. As I say, you might find some things that you found that you were doing that you want to stop doing because you don't, you need to consider how your kids are hearing what you're saying and you need to make sure you are communicating in a way that they understand. And sometimes I think when we're just reacting, we're not thinking about our own words. We're not thinking about what we're communicating to our kids. And we don't want to raise kids that are addicted to pleasing themselves, addicted to pleasure. So we're going to have some more insight about that next week. See you next week.